Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, welcome to Lead Defend Podcast. This is Ryan and Brock. We're here with Chris Soltemeyer. And Chris, we are so grateful to have you on What's the podcast. On, and Chris is really here to talk to us about leadership and how we can grow and develop as leaders. Uh, Chris, you have had the opportunity to lead in some pretty significant ways. You were telling mm-hmm. us about being on the board of several publicly traded companies, private companies, but also you served in pretty high positions at Walmart in the past, correct? That's that's correct. And first off, let me just tell you, Ryan and Brock, I'm really happy to be here with you guys today. So I'm looking forward to this and just talking some about leadership. Absolutely. So yeah, before serving on some of these boards and doing some of this sort of thing, then I did have a fairly significant role at Walmart. And actually, Ryan, actually before that, I would say kind of my leadership journey started being in the military. Okay. And so serving in the U.S. Army yeah. and getting that opportunity. Thank to, you for that. Yeah, thank you for your oh, service. You bet. Thank you uh, for saying that. But getting that opportunity to lead soldiers mm. uh, in combat situations and things like that, that really kind of started my leadership journey. Sure, sure. So we ask this question often. When was the first instance where you recognized, I may be a leader? Probably first, I went, ended up going to college at West Point. Okay. And so while at West Point and being put in leadership situations, that's probably when I first recognized that, you know, um, this is something I enjoy doing. I enjoy mm-hmm. the responsibility that goes with leading, and I enjoy being the one to make those decisions. Sure. Now, just before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about authenticity and how valuable that is in leadership. Now, the truth is, I I don't think anybody Googles, how can I be more authentic or anything like that? But when I look at your life, I I think there are a lot of people who say, man, Chris, I would love to do something similar to what you did, whether it's sit on boards of companies or uh, have great influence in the church. We're here recording at First Baptist Rogers, and you have the opportunity to lead in some men's ministry here, uh, or even have a significant position in a significant company like you held. And so why is authenticity important to leadership down the road? Yeah, Ryan, I think leaders have to be authentic Mm. because the people that they have the honor and the privilege to lead can see through people who are not authentic. Wow. And so I think it's so critical that as a leader, the people that you're leading have the opportunity to see the real you. They get a chance to see that person that has strengths, has weaknesses, has faults, has shortcomings, Mm -hmm. and you expose your true self to people. So often we all try to cover up in those areas where we're not strong. Sure. And everyone has weaknesses, and everyone understands that others have weaknesses. Mm. And the more you can be your real self, the better you can give others that opportunity to, sh- to respect you and to trust you because they all know you're human. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows you're human. And if you try to cover up from that humanness, from that fault that you have, whatever that fault may be, they're eventually going to see those issues. And they're going to see the fact that you tried to cover up. And so it's just important that you're as, a, as transparent um, as possible with people and they really get to know the real you. You know, if you think about it, all relationships are built on trust. Yeah. And the more people see the real you, they can trust you. 
Mm, and I think that's the a good more word. people trust you, then they're willing to follow you. Mm-hmm. And I think followers, followership, and that that's what leadership comes from. So mm-hmm. people need to trust you, and they can trust you if you expose yourself for who you really are. Yeah, yeah. and I think sometimes if you're if you don't show that you're authentic, you don't show those faults, you make yourself unapproachable because wow. they think I could never be that person. But then on the other side, you don't want to you want to be transparent, but then at the same time, you don't want to ruin your credibility. So how do you balance that level of being transparent, showing people your faults, but at the same time, uh, allowing people to know that you're a still, still a credible leader that can be followed? Yeah, because you mentioned weakness, and I'm thinking as a man who led soldiers, I mean, that's a delicate <laughs> balance. Like, you can't be too weak on one hand. Yeah. So, so that's a great question. I, I think one of the things, and Brock, great, great question. I think one of the things you have to do is – you have to be comfortableness. You have to have. You have to be comfortable in your own skin mm. that you can tell people publicly you're sorry. Wow. And and that there's a lot of leaders that are unwilling to do that, Ryan. Mm. And you've got to be in a in and you got to have a level of self confidence that when you mess up, you can go to people publicly, individually, whatever, and say, you know what, I screwed up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should have done this. Hmm. That actually builds trust with people, yeah. mm-hmm. and it actually builds credibility with people if you're willing to do that. And so I think it's that level of being authentic mm-hmm. that is critical if you're going to put, be put in that position of leadership. Uh, yeah, that's a great word. And so you talk about building trust with folks. What are some instances in which you would say, hey, I blew it and I'm, I lost trust with people? Is there anything you would say like, man, I really made this mistake and I lost trust? Because those things happen. How do you respond to those? Yeah, I, I think there's lots of times. I, I can't think of one instance where I lost trust. Sure. I can think, Ryan, of lots of instances where I made wrong decisions. Mm. And when you don't necessarily lose trust when you make a wrong decision. Sure. In fact, you can actually build trust if you handle making a wrong decision correctly. That's that's an incredible thought. And so it's, it's, it's just one of those things where... I, you know, we're going to go this direction. Mm-hmm. Then you realize, nope, we should have gone a different direction. Sure. If you go back to the organization and say, hey, based on these facts, this is what we thought we needed to do. But reality is either we didn't have all the facts or whatever. We made the wrong decision. We're now going this way. People give you credit for that. People actually, that actually enhances your value to them. Wow. And so you just got to be, and you know, you see in society today, you don't see it. You don't see that with politicians. You don't see that with a lot of people. I mean, that's one of the things I look at someone like Coach Pippen mm-hmm. with the Razorbacks. I think that's one of the things, his realness mm. is one of the things that so communicates to those athletes. Yep. And it communicates to the recruits because he's real, he's authentic. Yep, he's overweight. Yep, he doesn't have perfect grammar. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What you see is what you get, and that builds trust. That's a good word. Now, when you talk about authenticity, it means that you're bearing some of your weaknesses. Now, as a leader, you've often caught criticism, I'm sure. I don't know that. I'm just assuming because every leader does. It seems to me that being authentic could lend itself to increased criticism because you're saying, hey, here's my weakness for everyone to see. Why is it worth it to take the increased yeah. criticism that often comes with uh, authenticity. Ryan, great, great question. Um, yes, it exposes you more mm. when you when you don't hide your weaknesses, 
but you're willing to share your weaknesses, your shortcomings, it does expose you. Mm. Um, but I think people actually are incredibly forgiving. And, yeah. and when you expose yourself like that, actually people then can see themselves in you and they can see their own faults also. And they just recognize that. And it actually, I mean, in my experience, it actually builds the relationship and it builds trust. So I, it, it's a win. Now, you've got to be comfortable in your skin yep. and have self-confidence to mm. be able to expose yourself. If you're in an organization where, you know, you're constantly worried about uh, your job or your position or things like that, then you may have fear of exposing yourself because it might weaken your position. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be comfortable with where you're at, and you've got to have that freedom to operate in that space. Yeah, and I'm, I'm even thinking about the biblical precedent of, of in our weaknesses, he's made strong. Paul being willing to bear out all of his weaknesses and point and, and say, and God showed up in my weaknesses and said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so as leaders who are specifically Christian leaders, much of our audience, if, if not all, are, are Christian leaders, obviously that, that element of following Christ, it should show up in our authenticity. And so in the military or in, in your position with Walmart, how did your faith, um, how, how was your faith communicated as you presented that authentic version of yourself? Brock, great question. And, and I tell people all the time, never check out your faith when you walk into the front door. Mm. You know, if, if you, I worked at Walmart for 30 years. The last seven years of my time at Walmart, I was the EVP of logistics for the company. Mm-hmm. So had supply chain responsibility for Walmart. Never check your faith out when you walk in the door. So you, while you can't necessarily witness to someone at work, you can talk all the time. We had Monday meetings at Walmart. Mm-hmm. So every Monday morning, we had an all-hand staff meeting. We had people on video conferences literally from all over the country and sometimes all over the world. We would all meet and talk about what were the critical things that happened over the weekend last week, what are we going to try to get done this week. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect opportunity to take a few minutes and just talk about what a great weekend I had. Mm-hmm. You know, And literally... Hey, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had a super weekend. You know what? We had this great event at church this weekend. Yeah. And at church, da 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 da. And you know what? We've got a Christmas program coming up, or we've got an Easter program coming up. Mm. Any of you folks that are here in Northwest Arkansas, if y'all want to come, come see me. I'd be happy to take you to it. Da 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 da. Wow. Yeah. You can do that stuff all day long. Mm-hmm. Because what you're doing is relaying from your own life what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, there's a great video out there. You know, the chosen. Yeah. A lot of people have been watching The Chosen. What a great topic to talk about. And you can talk about that in a work setting. Absolutely. Hey, I watched The Chosen. It was fantastic. Have you seen that? You need to watch that. So you can take all of your life experiences to work Mm -hmm. and communicate your life experiences, even though you can't necessarily say, you know, Brock, are you going to church? You're not going to church. You need to go to church. You know, let me tell you about my faith. I want you to you know, get on your knees right now. You can't do that at work, but you can do all these other things. Mm -hmm. So never, never Mm. let the fear of walking through the doors of an office cause you to take your faith out of that setting. Yeah, that's a great word. Now, Brock, you talked about how weakness is prevalent in the Bible, but I I was thinking of like 1 Peter 5, I think it's 9, uh, where Peter says, humble yourselves. And really that's what authenticity is. It's us humbling ourselves because we recognize, hey, we don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think there's been something very prevalent in our culture recently. I mean, we've talked about cancel culture and folks getting canceled, and that's really the world choosing to humble people for reasons that the world determines. And so could you talk to us for a bit, Chris, just about how being humble as a leader long-term has great benefit? Yeah, I one of the things I tell people all the time, the only sustainable form of leadership is servant leadership. Yeah. And when I mean sustainable is it's the only form of leadership that functions whether the leader's there or not. Mm. So if people understand that your passion is around the organization and their best interest, Mm -hmm. not yours. It's about the organization. It's about their best interest. If they understand that that's your focus, then they will do the activity. They will take care of what needs to get done whether you're sitting in the room or not. Yeah. I tell people the story all the time. We had a, when I was at West Point, we had a, um, a senior when I was a freshman that was just hazed people all the time, mm. screamed and yelled at people, hazed them, hazed them, hazed them. The point was when he wasn't there, people did whatever they wanted to do. Mm. When he was there, then you did whatever he wanted you to do. That is, it's just, that's the opposite of sustainable leadership. Yeah. And so yelling and screaming and throwing temper tantrums and all those kind of things, they never work. Um, They work short term when the object of fear is present, but they never work long term. See, see, that's beautiful because as a leader, I mean, you're trying to lead things that would have massive impact. You don't want just short term impact. Hopefully even after you're gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great thought. So, I mean, leading as a servant where everyone understands that their best interests, Brock and Ryan, your best interest is what I'm focused on. Mm. The organization, the church's best interest is what we're focused on. When people understand that, I think Brother West does a fantastic job, the pastor here at FBC Rogers, of focusing on the church mm-hmm. and what is the best for the church Yeah, um, as the bride of Christ. And that is what we need to focus on. Yeah. Man, that's an incredible thought. Now, you may not would say this, but I'll I'll say it about you. I, I look at your life and what you've accomplished in business, and yeah, you've had a successful business career. Now, for students who right now are either in university life or in high school or young adults just starting in their career, and, and they see what you've done, what you've had the opportunity to do, what are some steps that you took early on that enabled a lifetime of leadership? Yeah, I, th- I think the going back to what we talked about just a minute ago about being a servant leader, it's not about you. And you've got to always remind yourself. I think we are all so naturally self-centered individuals. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the sin in our life is we're self-centered. And you've got to constantly remind yourself, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me. If you're in a work setting, it's about the business. It's about the team you're on. Yeah. It's about those things first. And when people around you see that you're putting their interest first, they want you on their team. Mm. They want your help. They want to associate with you. That actually lifts you up. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting, I had a boss when I first joined Walmart. He was famous for when he would interview someone, he would walk in in old clothes and he would be cleaning the office. Hmm. And he would come into the office, he would clean the office, he'd pick up the trash can and kind of dust and do different things. And he would carry on a conversation with the person that was being interviewed while he was in there. 
that they would think he was, quote, the janitor, when in fact he was, at that time, the EVP of logistics for Walmart. But that's one of the ways he would tactically yeah. use. And if the person wouldn't talk to him, or if the person talked down to him, mm-hmm. or the person wasn't friendly to him, or things like that, that right there would click. Wow. Okay, this isn't necessarily a person we want on this team mm-hmm. because they think they're better than the custodian. Yeah. And if you think you're better than the custodian, nah, mm. you're, you're, you're not a teammate. And so little tactics like that to determine can a person be a servant leader? Can he treat everyone as equals wow. no matter what their job is? That's a great word. After kind of being at the end of your career, your retirement, um, getting to do some incredible things in retirement, um, what are some things that you wish you would have known starting out in your career that you know now? Great question, Ryan. Let me think about that. <laughs> what are some things early? Now, I think I would have, I, I had always heard about the multiplier effect mm. and time. And I'd always heard it from a financial sense. I don't know that I really understood it from an influential sense. Hmm. So one of the things that we talk about from a church standpoint, you know, if you can lead, you know, two people to Christ a year, and then those two people lead two people and blah, 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 blah. I think when you're 20 years old, you don't think about the multiplier, the compound effect of 40 or 50 years. Wow. You think about this year, and that's mm-hmm. all you really think about. And I think looking back now as a 59, 60-year-old person looking back, I probably wish I would have invested more in relationships mm. and being a greater influence with people with relationships uh, than what I did, particularly early in my career. Sure. And so I think that probably is one thing. I think the other thing that I wish I would have done more of is pray with my wife. Mm. I've always heard people talk about how beautiful it is, and probably both of you are great examples of young men that pray with your spouses. That is not something that has ever come easy for me. Sure, I am not a prayer warrior. Mm. Prayer is work for me. Wow. And so the whole idea of praying with my wife has been something that's been hard for me, mm. and I think there would have been times in our personal relationship and my leadership of the family that would have been better if I would have been a stronger prayer partner to my wife. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that yeah. because, I, I mean, for us even, Allie and I, it's quite difficult just to do spiritual life together. Mm-hmm. That's something nobody prepared you for. Well, um, and I think, Ryan, I was taught that's personal. Yes. Spiritual yeah. life is yeah. personal. And yet, I think we're called as men to be the spiritual leaders of our family. Mm-hmm. And so the more we can coach, I'll give you an example. Growing up, my dad was always heavily involved in the church. Mm-hmm. But in the home, it was my mom that led devotionals and led a prayer time. Wow. So I always saw that from my mother, not my father. Sure. And so that's something that, um, that I should have done a better job of with my wife. Well, I think it's, it's really interesting because, you know, we started talking about within that authenticity, being willing to, to bear your weaknesses and even seeing you an example. Our Absolutely. A, an example of, of you doing that right now. And I think one of the, the things that, that really worries me some about this generation is 
is a lot of us are putting an image of ourselves out there and we might not even know it. Social media has given all of us a platform yeah. to display an image of ourselves, whether it's an authentic image or not. And you see, a, for, for most people on social media, you're not posting the bad days. You're posting your, <laughs> your highlight reel. And so what's maybe a, a word of caution that you would give to, to these students, you know, even, even from a, a hiring standpoint? Probably people are looking at social media a lot more than we'd like to think that they are. And so how would you wor give a word of caution to maybe the, the listener who's very active on social media and the, the type of image they're presenting of themselves? Yeah, I think, um, I think we, we live, we talked about authenticity, the whole area of transparency with social media. I would just caution, caution young people with what they do with social media. Mm. Every Every employer looks at your Facebook, your Twitter, huh. your Instagram account. They do. And that yeah. stuff doesn't they go away. Do. And you, it might, does, you might think you deleted it. It but. doesn't go away. And so no matter what you're doing from a social media standpoint, just remember, you know, the old adage, would I be comfortable with this being publicized? Mm -hmm. It is. Would I be comfortable with my mother or my grandmother reading this stuff? They could. But every employer sees that. And here's the deal if you're a young person. Every future spouse can see that. Yeah. And every future spouse parents can see that also. Mm -hmm. And those are just some potential really awkward situations. Mm -hmm. And just be, be careful. Mm -hmm. Be careful because it's all out there for everyone to see. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much for this conversation. This has been beneficial for me, uh, and I know it will for listeners. Hey, we have Lead Defend Conference coming up on March 5th, 2022. It's going to be great. We also have Lead Defend Conference Foundations, which is specifically middle for middle school students. Brock's been working hard to bring that to us this year. Go to leaddefend.org for more information. Until next time, this has been Lead Defend. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.